Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hi, I'm Emily McLean, and I'm the writer of the play Tooth or Dare that you're going to hear today on Gather by the Ghost Light. All right, this is Gather by the Ghost Light original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. Welcome back, and thank you all for being here and for leaving all the wonderful ratings and reviews for this podcast. And also, special shout out to fellow playwrights, John Bovoso and John Maybe for your support and donation at this podcast, Buy Me a Coffee Link. And also, all you guys out there, don't forget about our live event coming up on October 21st in Augusta, Georgia at Le Chat Noir Theater. Now, if you live or will be in the Augusta, Georgia area in October. I really hope to see you there, and tickets will be on sale for that soon, but you can reserve your seat today when you sign up to be a member at buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlight, and you can also find that link in the show notes. And now let's have a listen to today's story. This one is a play that comes from Atlanta-based playwright Emily McLean. Emily's not only a playwright, but she's also a theater educator, a director, and an actor, and today you're going to hear her dark, comedic play called Tooth or Dare. You are about to meet Andrew and Lydia, a couple whose daughter recently lost a tooth. Unfortunately, they forgot to leave a dollar under her pillow on the Tooth Fairy's behalf, and now the Tooth Fairy's a little ticked off that her brand is being negatively affected. Now. Gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Tooth or Dare, written by Emily McLean. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer and the voice actors. Hmm. Oh. Well, this looks like the place. Are you the parents of Natalie Gillis? Hey, buddy, look alive. Ow, ow, ow. Hey, what, what the- Andrew, shh. Is your daughter named Natalie Gillis? Oh my god, who are you? What's going on? Oh, uh, no, what? Uh, who are you? Oh god. How did you get in the- oh, 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 oh. Are you done? 
Who are you? How did you get in our house? Andrew, call the police! I'm going to ask again, and I really hate repeating myself. So please just answer the question this time instead of screaming. Are you the parents of Natalie Gillis, aged seven, lost four teeth, two top incisors, one bottom incisor, and a canine bottom left? How do you know our daughter's name? How do you know about her dental records? What the hell is going on? Oh my god, have you done something to Natalie? No! More like she's done something to me! Look! Get that out of my face! Is... is that a cell phone? No, it's not a cell phone! This is a tooth, Barry. And if you look at the screen, you can see it shows the Magical Being's satisfaction rankings. My MBS overall score. You! Look! Sorry, it's a little close and... Right. Let me let me get my glasses. There. Okay. So, what exactly am I looking at here? My score. My satisfaction score has sat in the enviable position of ninety-three percent overall satisfaction for the last decade. I have dominated, beating out the bunny, leaping over the leprechauns, catapulting over Cupid, year after year after year. I was second only to Santa himself. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, but you need to get out of my house before I call the police, you sparkling psycho. Are, are you... are you really the tooth fairy? And now just look at it. 71%. A 71. Andrew, call the police. Okay, I am. Uh, uh, uh. Whoa! Oh my... Why'd you throw your phone out the window? I didn't throw it. She did something with her sparkly demon powers. Listen up. We're dealing with this. Damn it, would you look at this? I'm even behind the elf on the shelf. Are you kidding me with this right now? And it's all because of your daughter. What has Natalie got to do with any of this? Andrew, she's a crazy person. Two days ago, I lost a tooth while I was eating an apple at school. I brought it home and put it under my pillow like always, and the next morning, there wasn't any money, and the tooth was still there. My parents said the tooth fairy must have gotten unavoidably detained, and they were sure she would come the next night. I think this is unacceptable service and expect better from the Tooth Fairy. Perhaps she is losing her edge. Is it time for retirement? Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Natalie Gillis, age seven. Okay, wait a second. She gave me a zero. In one fell swoop, she tanked my record. It's... God... I mean, ridiculous, right? Like, that algorithm has got to be flawed. For one bad rating to have that kind of impact? But, but, but all the same. Okay, okay, listen, Miss Fairy. Your fairiness. Uh, TF is fine. What? TF? Sure, okay, TF. We, we, we did tell Natalie that when we realized we'd both forgotten. No, you forgot. You really want to do this right now? I just want everyone to be clear on the facts of the situation. No, you just want to blame me. You said you were going to put the money under the pillow. Hey, hey, yeah, wait, wait a minute. We do. We put the money under the pillow and buy the presents from Santa and hide the eggs. We, we do that stuff, right? Yes, of course. We're good parents. You just dropped the ball this one time. Wow, and- you never miss a chance to... No. What I was saying was, we're the ones who do all the work for all these holiday people. But you're saying you. Like, this score is about you? 
as if you're the one doing the work? I don't really have time to get into the particulars of my business with you, but a long time ago, it became clear that unless I was going to be operating on some kind of deficit spending model for all eternity, yeah, I needed to outsource the labor portion of my business to parents. We all made the transition together. We? The International Consortium of Supernatural Beings and Otherworldly Phenomena. So yeah, you people, as parents, do the bulk of my work, but you are trading on my brand, you see. You reflect on my image. And quite frankly, Lydia and Andrew, your work in this area leaves a lot to be desired. Excuse me? You heard me. You need to make this right. Tell your daughter the truth about who really forgot to perform the sacred office of the Tooth Fairy and get her to take down that horrible review. We can't tell her that we're the ones that forgot. That you forgot. Okay, Lydia, you've made your point. But he's right. She's only seven. I don't want to tell her that we're the Tooth Fairy. I don't want to spoil that part of childhood for her. And I think it's pretty monstrous that you suggest that. Really? Yes, As a matter of fact, I've got half a mind to get on that website and leave a review of my own. What do you think of that? You've got half a mind, all right. Hey, now. What kind of seven-year-old writes negative online reviews anyway? Where would she learn a thing like that? (laughs) What's wrong with that? She has as much right to express her opinion as anyone else. She really enjoys it. She's got lots of followers for her Polly Pocket unboxing videos on YouTube. Oh, wow. I'll be sure to check that out. Okay, no need to be rude. I'm not going to ruin my daughter's innocence because you're upset about your Uber score. MBS score. Whatever. So just take your hideous, glittery handbag and get the hell out of my bedroom. I was really hoping it wouldn't come to this. I really was. Remember, you've left me no choice. Ah! Oh, God! Andrew, what's wrong? Oh, my tooth! My tooth! Oh my! Oh my God! Make it stop! Oh well, please stop this, please. We're sorry. That's not good enough. Damn it, Lydia! Tell her. We'll tell Natalie. Fine, fine. We'll tell Natalie that we're the ones who are putting the money under her pillow, and we screwed up and forgot. And and I'll make her take down the Excuse me, I didn't quite catch that. Lydia. I said I'll make her take down the review, okay? Happy now? Stop torturing him. Oh my god, Andrew, is that your tooth? You pulled out his tooth? That seems like a really unnecessary question. So, I guess we have an agreement, right? You're going to take care of telling Natalie the truth and take down the review? I trust I don't have to come back here. Yes. God, yes, we promise. We'll wake her up right now, okay? (laughs) Yeah, she must be a pretty heavy sleeper to stay conked out through all of your screaming and carrying on. (laughs) Woo, good for her. Okay, well, I guess I'll be on my way. Wait, what about his tooth? Fix it! You must have me confused with an oral surgeon. I'm not in the putting teeth back in business. So what am I supposed to do? Stick it under your pillow and see if Lydia here gives you a dollar for it. Have a nice evening, folks. Bye! That was Tooth or Dare, written by Emily McLean. It was performed by Andrew Jones as Andrew, Jamie Johnson-Turner as Lydia, and Kayla Gardner as the Tooth Fairy. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So with us now is the writer of the story you just heard. She is a teacher based in Atlanta, Georgia. She's also a director, an actor, and of course, she's a playwright. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Emily McLean. Emily, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, and also this is a full house. We also got the three voice actors that performed your play that everyone just heard. We have uh, Andrew Jones, who played the character Andrew, Jamie Turner, who played Lydia, and Kayla Gardner, who played the Tooth Fairy. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here, guys. Glad to be here. Happy. All right, so uh, Emily, for the people out there that aren't familiar with you and your work... Uh, tell us a, a little bit of everything about you and your journey into theater and then eventually making your way into playwriting. Oh, gosh. OK. Um, well, I am, I guess, fairly new to playwriting uh, in terms of my career. So um, I'm uh, a theater educator and I've been teaching now. This will be my 18th year of teaching high school theater. Um, I'm about to start on Wednesday. Um, and the uh, playwriting kind of I uh, got into that really as like a, a way to have some creative autonomy um, that wasn't necessarily associated with my students whom I love very much and love working with, but it was it was becoming creatively unfulfilling for me as as like a, a theater artist, right? Like I was being very nurtured as an educator and as a teacher, but I needed something a little bit more having that kind of um, adult theater interaction and playwriting was a really great way um, to express myself and to have kind of a creative voice that wasn't necessarily associated with me and my role as a teacher. Um, so I finished my first full length play in 2017. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to have it um, win at the Essential Theater Festival here in Atlanta. And so they produced it as the world premiere um, in 2018 that summer. I was a co-winner um, for that. Um, and then I've just been writing pretty pretty much ever since then um, regularly I do a lot of plays that have historical um, context right so some of them are about like you know female his figures in history and that kind of thing or untold stories um, that kind of thing uh, as I as my full lengths and then with my 10 minute plays I do lean more into lighthearted comedy um, a lot of it is drawn from my life or um, you know just things that I think are funny. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like this one. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to hit on something you just said, uh, your first full length play, you won an award 
with essential theater. You know how many writers out there just got jealous from that sentence when you said that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've been really, really fortunate. Yeah, um, that's that's awesome. Authors, that's... But yeah, it was it was really exciting and a very special, special experience for that. And I've had um, a fair amount of, of success, um, you know, throughout my career so far. And just I love continuing to write and creating relationships with theaters and with artistic directors and and directors that I enjoy working with and that kind of thing. And also just the community of playwrights. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before about um, Atlanta in specific, but also just the idea of um, online playwriting communities. I think coming out of the pandemic, that was something that we as as creatives found connection in in this Zoom world, um, you know, and so for for playwrights to be able to connect with folks who live all across the country and all across the world and to be able to hear each other's work um, in venues like audio drama and that kind of thing, but also just like being able to share and get feedback from other artists. It's, it's so valuable and so important. And so like finding a community of folks that you enjoy working with has been just tremendously beneficial for me as an artist. I want to dive into um, this play you wrote that everyone just heard. Uh, it's called Tooth or Dare. And uh, for me, when I first read it, First off, I'm a sucker for stories that deal with supernatural beings and and fairy tales and myths. And especially when the character that we're familiar with, you kind of introduce a different take on them. And you have this sassy tooth fairy who's full of dark humor and uh, her her interactions with the, the couple is just hilarious to me. Uh, so give us some insight on uh, how you came up with this idea and your process with writing out this script. Yeah, so this... This play is very much inspired by my real life as a mother um, because my daughter is a, a badass warrior princess and she pulled her own tooth and didn't tell anybody and stuck it under her pillow. And then um, when the tooth fairy didn't show up because the tooth fairy was completely unaware that anything had even happened, she woke me up the next morning and was pissed. Like, like very much like I need to speak to someone about this. And so that just that event in real life inspired this, this piece of art. Cause it just, it was so funny. And um, her, her righteous indignation at like, she followed the rules and I don't know what the hell happened. And now <laughs> something needs to be done. <laughs> Mommy, get involved. Cause you know, it was. Make so a anyway, phone call. Tooth, the, the, yeah. I was going to say the tooth fairy left a note and also more money as like an apology restitution for the inconvenience. Um, but yeah, the, the play came definitely easily from that. Like, I think I maybe wrote it in, in maybe an afternoon, like it just kind of came out. And I love, um, like you're saying, the different take on the spiritual or I mean, the supernatural being. Um, I love the idea of the tooth fairy as kind of this like sort of dangerous Quentin Tarantino kind of character. Um, and it, another thing that was inspired by my daughter who after this whole thing had a lot of questions about the tooth fairy, like what, what does she want with the teeth? Like, what does she do with it? You know, why does she need them? Where does she get the money for them? You know, like, and so it, it became this very much like, yeah, it, it is kind of weird. What does she do with the teeth? And um, I asked her and Eleanor was like, I think she builds things with them like <laughs> houses. And I was like, Oh, that's, 
<laughs> that's terrifying and creepy. And, you know, now it's like the Guillermo del Toro, like <laughs> house of teeth, right. That the tooth fairy lives in anyways, that's, but that, that was kind of where I went with, with that character. And I think uh, you, the hearing y'all read it, it was so funny. So it was fantastic. Fantastic. job. <laughs> it worked <laughs> yeah. out very well. They had a great script to work with. So, uh, for my voice actors here, uh, Kayla Gardner, she played the Tooth Fairy. Uh, so, Kayla, when when I first sent you this script, what were your original thoughts on this character, and what what was your approach going to be? How did you uh, get into this? Well, I was just excited to be able to play such a fun character that it's out of the box. It's the Tooth Fairy, but it's not who you would normally think the Tooth Fairy would be. And I love that she gets what she wants in the end with that twist that I, when I was reading it, I was not expecting her to, to inflict pain <laughs> on Andrew. Um, so it was really fun. Um, I love playing like gritty characters like that um, with, with the sass, like you said. So um, yeah, I just, I had a lot of fun playing her. You did such an amazing job. <laughs> I had so much fun. Awesome. <laughs> um, Cause obviously I was there when you guys recorded it, but editing it and just hearing every, all everything come together was just so, so great. Uh, and so for the couple, uh, Andrew and Lydia played by Andrew Jones, coincidentally also named Andrew uh, and then Jamie Turner. So for you guys, um, what, what was it? What were your first thoughts on this script when you read it and, uh, and your, your process for getting into these characters. So Andrew, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, I'm a single dad of three. I have two daughters and an older son. Um, and I 100% am guilty of not communicating with the tooth fairy and having a pissed off child the next morning. I covered quite well i thought i balled up a dollar bill and acted like well maybe it just fell behind the pillow and i sort of like you know snuck the dollar in like a magician but um but my nine-year-old didn't fall for it so she still has a very distrusting relationship with the tooth fairy like she makes sure she writes a note and communicates to me this is exactly where i'm putting it and this is where i want the tooth fairy to leave the money and so um, when I read the script, I had to chuckle and I'm like, this is so my daughter, Violet. Um, and then I just, yeah, this is like my first adventure into um, voice acting and not being people not being able to see me, um, which I have a face for radio. What can I say? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just I had a great time and, you know. I hope there's a tooth, tooth or dare part two. <laughs> there you go. Get, get a sequel in the works. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, Jamie, what was, uh, how, how'd you like playing Lydia? Oh, it was fantastic. So I too have a badass daughter. Um, she's 16. So um, the tooth fairy kind, magic kind of unraveled when she was nine um, over a dinner where she point blank asked my husband and me to tell her the truth the whole truth because she didn't want to be embarrassed in front of her kid in front of her friends. So the first one was Santa Claus. And when, when we told her the truth, you could watch it just unravel. And then it was the Easter bunny. And then it was the tooth fairy. And then it was just, you just oh, watched it. Crumbles. Crumbles. <laughs> Wait, what? Santa's not real. 
<laughs> he always is. Okay. Yes, he's real. Yes, a- Andrew, Santa's real. Okay. Don't don't crush his dreams. Oh, God. Okay. But but I read the script first of all, and I was in the living room by myself, and my daughter came out because I was laughing so hard at the end, and she goes, "What are you laughing at?" And I told her about the script. But I too have been one of those parents. I think if you're if you're a parent, you're probably you've probably done this at least once in your kid's life, where I totally forgot and completely threw my my husband under the bus. You know, of course it was, you said you were going to do it. You fell asleep and you didn't do it. Um, But we had to make it up the next morning because she had this fairy garden. So we sprinkled this dust all through the fairy garden, left her extra money under the pillow and in the fairy garden with a thank you note from the fairy so that she had a little oasis to rest. So no, totally been there. I totally identified with Lydia with the time, you know, she threw her husband under the bus from the point where she turned into the mama bear. And she's like, wait a minute. You know, I was that mama <laughs> bear. Fantastic script. It was so easy to play. It was so fun. And it was so funny. Um, yeah. Just awesome to be a part of the cast. No, you know, they all did a fantastic job getting that exactly right. That dynamic of these people who are both on the same side against this outsider, <laughs> but then also, that power dynamic between their and their relationship and everything and and whose whose fault is it really? We all know it's Andrew's. Yeah, and um, the the actors don't know this, but you actually already heard uh, kind of a, a rough cut of of the final thing. They haven't heard the final thing yet, so uh, so you you what did you think of uh, their recording and their performances of, of your plays? Spot on. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. Like I just, I mean, and again, like I I wrote it, so I know how it goes, but it's still like. It just made me laugh. I mean, every every time that <laughs> the delivery of the line about, you know, well, that sounds like a problem for somebody <laughs> who puts teeth back in. That's not my job. You know, like that idea of her just being such a, I don't know, kill bill kind of, but a tooth fairy. <laughs> nice. Uh, so for for the the parents in this group here, I think we're all parents except Kayla. What, what is the going rate for a for a tooth under the pillow nowadays. Well, what is a tooth fairy given? We all get on the same page about this because like there are some people out there who were just absolutely ruining it for the rest of us. I had somebody who was like, oh yeah, at $10. That shit better be an impacted wisdom tooth. We did $10 once. She had she had um a crown. And when it came out, it was her robot tooth. So the robot tooth was $10. <laughs> I could see that. That's a market rate. For uh, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I, I messed up early on because my oldest son, when he lost his first tooth, we, we gave him $5. And then ever since then, he remembered that. So I think yeah. I, I think I messed it up. So it's like, we could, we can never go less after that. And then when my, his younger sister was born, it's like, she also, the tooth fairy owes me a lot of money yeah. <laughs> from, from all these teeth that have fallen out over the years. It's, um, it's true. And <laughs> It's you got to set you got to set the bar with that first tooth for the first child. It's like that because that's the standard. You can't ever can't ever go below that. You know, yep. you maybe could go more with you know the special robot teeth or or whatever. But yeah, oh no, it was a it was a dollar and it stays a dollar and it is just inflation resistant. Like that is <laughs> you get it. <laughs> that is it. Uh, so uh, this play was originally written as a stage play and it's had a stage production history. It even won, uh, it won an award in a comedy play festival in Wisconsin yep. at the Over Our Haired Players. <laughs> so out of all the yep. stage versions 
uh, that have happened for this play? Have you had a chance to see any of them? And do you have any favorites? I have. Um, so the the uh, Snow Dance Festival, which was in um, Racine, uh, Wisconsin, they had the Tooth Fairy played as a, a very large, burly, bearded man um, in a twinkle outfit, and that was a fun that was a fun choice. Um, and I I enjoyed that just from a you know. <laughs> different variety of casting the tooth fairy could look like anybody and and be anything and that was really cool to get to see that um and then i got to see a production in uh at theater oxford in mississippi um and they i got to see that one in person and everything and they they had a really fun um just the physicality of the tooth fairy and she had this very kind of like almost like femme fatale like you know just very dangerous like she's gonna like pull out a knife out of her purse and cut somebody and that was kind of cool um to see <laughs> to see that go down um but yeah it's I love about the script is that it does have a variety of interpretations and people have a lot of fun with it um in the times that I've seen it produced so yeah now getting back to your relationship with essential theater I saw yeah. Um, that you, I guess, were teaching or heading up a 10-minute play boot camp that they're doing? Is that something still going on? And, and is that just a, a kind of a, a a camp for writers that are looking to write 10-minute plays and you kind of uh, do a teaching? Tell us a little bit about that and um, your your teaching process for that because yeah. you, you have experience writing 10-minute plays. So We do. We literally just finished up our last class of this boot camp cycle today. Um, so I'm in my, I'm in my classroom right now. That's where it's going on. Um, but we do, so essential theater, um, their mission is about, you know, Georgia playwrights and producing the work of Georgia writers. Um, and so we have kind of an education arm of the theater that I work with, um, with that. And so we teach, uh, playwriting intro to playwriting course for people who have never really written anything um, at all. And then we have this is kind of like the next step or for people who exactly what you said, just they have an idea and they want to just kind of work through the process of um, 10 minute plays in particular. Um, I really love and love using them as a teaching tool because they do tend to be pretty, pretty structured, right? You've got 10 pages, essentially. That's what you've got to work with. And so you need to be able to tell your story in an effective manner within those pages. And so there are some like some uh, benchmarks that you need to hit in terms of your structure. And for people who are new to playwriting or who are just kind of like wanting to get better at the structure, the 10 minute play format is really nice for for teaching that and for building that muscle so that you can then if you can write a good 10 minute play you can write a good one act you can write a good full length all of that all of those skills they 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 translate really well um but it's mastering it in that more manageable format um so we have they finished up a class today and then in two weeks um they have their showcase of their of their pieces that they created during the the past four weeks so it's super fun. I love I love working uh, with with writers and just having that community. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, very so. cool. And since you've written full length plays as well as ten minute plays, do you have a preference? Uh, what what is your preferred format when you're script writing? Oh gosh, um, it really I guess depends on you know the 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 story itself and what it lends itself to. Like I said, I do tend to write 
like my my comedies and things I tend to write in the 10 minute play format just because I kind of that 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 rhythm feels a little more natural to mm-hmm. me and in terms of like having the funny setup and letting it kind of develop and and we see the conflict coming to a head and then having it be like boom there's the button you know we're going to we're going to torture some dude and pull his tooth out and then I'm out. Right. Like that's <laughs> the end, end of play. Um, but in terms of like my longer full length pieces, they tend to be a little bit more serious. They still have some comedic elements in them, but it is, that's where I can kind of explore a little bit more in depth with the characters and everything like that in a longer, in a longer format. Okay. Uh, well, let me, uh, hand it over to, uh, my actors here. Do you guys have any questions for Emily about, uh, the script you performed or just anything in general with with uh, her experience or playwriting? Okay, so Tooth or Dare Part 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> they, they hunt down the tooth fairy in her tooth home. In her, in her evil castle of teeth. Game of Thrones style. It's just like teeth all... Um... <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. That's I love all I'm it. Saying. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. <that. laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, so what do you have uh, coming up that uh, you can promote, you know, just kind of take this moment to kind of promote whatever you got uh, going on. I know you have the the boot camp going on in two weeks where you're going to present your students uh, 10 minute plays. But for you yourself, any plays you've written, you got any productions going on where people can see a Emily McLean play in a theater near mm-hmm. them? Well, if you are in the metro Atlanta area, um, the Essential Theater Festival is coming. And so they have two full length scripts um, that they're producing in that in that festival opening up um, in a couple weeks. And then I have a reading of a play um, called The Rock and the Hard Place that's also going to be part of the festival as part of their like bare essentials reading series. Um, and so uh, it's a, a play called The Rock and the Hard Place, and it goes up um, August 22nd. Um, as it's reading at seven stages in Atlanta. Um, And then I have um, an audio drama coming out from the Larking House um, out in California. And they're doing my thriller um, sort of horror psychological drama play called Owl Creek. Um, So they turned that into a into an audio podcast. And I'm not sure if it's going to be in like one long episode or if it's going to be split up into into, you know, smaller segments or that kind of thing. But that's coming out and it's going to be spooky. So um, I'm excited for that we uh, do yeah, i do it, like the spooky stuff definitely update me on I when, love the on when that I love comes the out spooky. yes please <laughs> uh, so uh where where can uh people find you what's your do you have a website and are you active on any social media or anything like that uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. That's kind of where I where I hang out and live. Um, I used to be on Twitter and now not so much anymore. So, <laughs> um, and I'm one of my goals was to make a website this summer, and here we are now. School starting in a couple days, and do I have a website? No, dear readers, I do not. So maybe someday. Um, I am on NPX though, so if people are on New Play Exchange, they can always find my work there. But yeah, um, Instagram. My handle is Emily McLean two three four. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for chatting with us, Emily. Keep creating. Keep writing and doing. All that cool stuff you do, and actors uh, Andrew, Jamie, Kayla, you guys are are awesome. Thank you for uh, for joining in on this. Uh, I know this is uh, we uh, Emily. I don't know if you know this, but we were just we just did the play God of Carnage <laughs> together, yes. so we were all just on on stage um, a- acting and uh, 
And Andrew's kind of humble about, you know, face for radio. He's an awesome stage actor. <laughs> this may have been his first voice acting experience, but um, he's he's a, he's an awesome actor. All, all these guys are. They're great. Jonathan's the best stage husband I've ever had. We've done it twice. <laughs> hey, all right. That's, a, that's high praise right there. Hey, hey I, I do what I can. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for having me, for including me. Like I said, I, I love listening to the podcast and have really enjoyed hearing the plays and seeing my buddies get to have their work read. So I was super excited that you asked me and just y'all did such an amazing job. So thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatheredbythegostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at emilymcclain234 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to have some cool Gather by the Ghost Light merchandise, t-shirts are available at the merchandise link in the show notes and the year one and year two books, which are also both available at Amazon. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoyed this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard. Just let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review in all the places that you can. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we Gather by the Ghost Light. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.